I'm Rob. And I'm Nate. And welcome back to Rob and Nate Record a Podcast, week two of our Preston Sturgis theme month. So the reason we were doing Preston Sturgis now, as mentioned last week, was that back in December we did uh, Remember the Night, which Preston Sturgis wrote, and which starred Fred McMurray and Barbara Stanwyck. And one of the stories that we told in that episode was how Sturgis had talked to Stanwyck while the film was being produced and said, I'm going to write a screenplay for you. I'm going to write something for you. And this is what he wrote. The Lady Eve, which came out in 1941. It is a very smart, very clever comedy that has quite the conceit to it, which we'll get into in more detail. But what were your initial thoughts on The Lady Eve? It's it's thoroughly entertaining. Mm. It's very funny. It the structure of it was was nice. It was well put together. It was well executed. It has a lot of twists and turns. And when you see some of them, you're like, no, that's not what they did, but that's what they did. And yeah. So the only other Preston Sturgis directed film that you've seen up until now was last week when we did the Miracle Morgan Creek. Initial thoughts about what, what similarities are you seeing, or how, how would you kind of compare these two? Kind of that, the lady tricking someone, the kinetic energy of mm-hmm. it. The sporting cast. Yeah. I mean, you got William Demarest as a whole. You've always got the, the bit characters on the yeah, side. Yeah, bit characters are always fun. And just how the, the scale just keeps going. You know, it's got that, that one, two, three, da, 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 getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more manic. But not quite as big as one, two, three. Yeah. So this film stars, of course, Barbara Stanwyck as, well, as a couple people, uh, or one person. Gene. That's, that's the same dame, though. Yeah. Definitely the same dame. Gene and the lady Eve Harrington? I forget what her last name was, supposedly was. And then Henry Fonda plays Charles Pike, who is the... Herpetologist son of uh, an ale king, who's played by Eugene Pallet. Eugene Pallet, who's a great foghorn of a man. You've got Charles Coburn as Colonel Harrington, William Demarest, uh, William Demarest as Muggsy. I believe his last name was McGillicuddy. I didn't catch that. Or no, Murgatroyd. Yeah, Muggsy Murgatroyd, who's kind of the watcher. Uh, assigned by the elder Mr. Pike to watch his son, and then various others down the line in, in supporting roles. Including Eric Bloor as Sir Alfred McGlellan Keith. Yes. So I think when she's the Lady Eve, she's... The Lady e- Eve Keith, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Harrington would be... She'd be Jean Harrington because... Yeah, because... Mr. Yeah. Harrington was her father. Mm. The Colonel was her father. Colonel, yes. Do you want to take a crack at the plot? The plot is that, or my crack at the plot is that Jean, Colonel, the Colonel, and and Jean, and Gerald, played by Melvin Cooper, are scam artists or card sharks or how you know mm. various different ploys, and they're on a boat from South America when Charles comes on board with he's returning from an expedition and he's got some biological samples to bring back with him, and he is. Instantly the talk of the ship. Yeah. Uh, because he is this eccentric son of a millionaire, and every girl on the ship is trying to catch his eye. Yeah. So he comes on board, 
And as they're waiting for him to come on board, you meet Mr. Harrington and Jean while they're pl- discussing plans to con this guy or discussing just that they're going to con him in general. So he comes on board and they start this process of trying to con him. And he, you know, Gene, there's this great scene in the dining hall where Gene is narrating all the women that are trying to flirt with Charles. And then she starts her ploy and she trips him and then of course blames it on him and starts tricking him into falling in love with her. But in the meantime, she's falling in love with him. So when she's doing this commentary, I love cultural references that have become obscured with time. And she makes one about this woman who drops a handkerchief and says that that trick hasn't worked since Lily Langtree. So Lily Langtree was a society woman, an actress, and a producer who lived from 1853 to 1929, who I guess... That was a thing she did, The uh, at least on stage, the handkerchief trick. Yeah. Completely lost on modern audiences. Yeah. But anyways, Jean is falling in love with Charles as he's falling in love with her. And she informs Colonel Harrington that she's going to go straight and that she's going to marry him and this and that and the other. And Harrington is upset because he wants to get his money out of Pike. And so he starts doing all these ploys to try and get money from him. And she's foiling them at every turn. Through playing cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Including at one point, he's written him a personal check for $32,000 for double or nothing that they've been playing with cards, which Nate looked up on his inflation calculator. And the inflation calculator, $32,000 in 1941 is equivalent of $607,000 in 2021. Yeah. And they're, they're not engaged at that point, right? They get engaged shortly thereafter. But it's, you know... Like, like, like he, if memory serves, they go, literally go out onto the deck to for him engaged, to propose. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah, but it's shortly thereafter that through the purser they find out who Harrington and Jean are, that they're actually scam artists. And Pike thinks that the whole thing is a scam, that she can't really be in love with him. So there's this, he breaks up with her, you know, and... They come into New York, and Pike goes home, and Harrington has palmed this check. He's made it look like he's destroyed the check, but he's actually kept it. So they cash it, and they're at a racetrack betting. When they meet, they reunite with Sir Alfred McGlellan Keith, or that's his current you know name that he's going by. And they learn that he's set himself up in this town in Connecticut, and he's, you know, on the outskirts of the town so that he can play all these millionaires and come to find out that's where the Pikes live. And Gene asks if he knows him and asks if she can come to visit as his niece. And there's this big elaborate setup for her, her to come to town. And she pretends like she's never met Charles and that they're totally meeting Different for the people. first time. Yeah. And Charles can't believe it and neither can his, you know... Neither can Muggsy. Yeah, his... Uh, effectively bodyguard and poor valet or whatever. But, you know, Muggsy is convinced it's the same person. It's the same dame. Yeah. Charles thinks it is at first, but she's able to convince him that she's not. I love his logic that he uses. It can't be the same. They're too similar. Yeah. It's like if if she was pretending, she'd have changed her hair or something. But no, no. Or her eyebrows. Her eyebrows or or something. And she's, yeah. And, And I love that she's, 
not even trying with the English accent. Yeah. Like, it is the most half-a English accent I've ever seen. Yeah. And everybody just accepts it. Well, but then Sir Alfred McLellan Keith puts Charles at ease by, you know, he's like, I met this lady on this boat that was the same. And he goes, oh, you know, this gets into the dark side of the family history. And he makes up a story. And so he buys it and he proposes yeah. to the Lady Eve. And they get married. And as they're on their train to their honeymoon... Eve starts telling her him of all of her romantic affiliations, mm-hmm. and he's upset, and so he ends up jumping off the train in the middle of the night at a quick stop and flees, and he goes and gets back on the boat to South America after the lady Eve refuses, you know, to divorce him, or, you know, or to involve lawyers and take his money. You know, she says, "I only want one thing to divorce him." Finds out that he's gone for this boat back to South America, and she runs and catches the same boat. But as Jean with Harrington, and when they meet, you know, he confesses that he's always been in love with her. You know, he never fell out of love with her, you know. And so they go back to her room where she admits to him that they're already married because she's mm-hmm. been playing him all along. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's, was that a, re- a reasonable That's summary? a reasonable summary of the movie. I mean, it is... It's ridiculous, yeah. But it 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 works. And well, and there's also that scene at the dinner where Lady Eve first shows up, where he's got to change. Is it three or four times? Ultimately, yeah, yeah. yeah. He keeps. He's just very clumsy and accent prone. Well, and, actually, the first one's the only one that's as a result of him, because then it's Muggsy dumping uh, the whole tray of the uh, prime that, rib on him mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And Muggsy, of course, yeah. Muggsy is a a character. Yeah, the William Demarest was something of a good luck charm for Preston Sturgis. He shows up in not all of them, but in a lot of them. And his gruffness is is very entertaining. And all of the supporting actors, I mean, you, you, you look at the pictures of all these old white men that look kind of a similar type. But, I mean, there's there's a good spectrum to them. Charles Coburn is is wonderful. I mean, he's a con man, but he's an absolute charmer, uh, and he he's, he doesn't come across. I mean, the the bad guys don't come across as really bad guys, kind of lovable scamps. And Eugene uh, Pallet is he's a he's a he's a hoot. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's a, it's a fun film. It's it's got a lot of fun scene. It's got some some wonderful dialogue. It doesn't have a lot of monologues. The Miracle Morgan's Creek had more monologue stuff. This is mostly kind of pitter-pat, yeah. back-and-forth dialogue sequences. It's kind of like two movies in one, because the whole setup, you could string that out on the boat. That could be its own movie. Yeah. And then that movie ends, and she's embittered that uh, he didn't believe her, that it wasn't a scam. And I don't blame him. No. I mean, based on the information he had, it looked like she was scamming. And so... She's like, I hate him, I hate him, I want revenge. But she doesn't hate him, she loves him. And she, she comes to this conclusion that the only way I can convince him that I really love him is to trick him again. Yeah. Which is counterintuitive, but it works. And that's something that would work in a 1940s movie. I don't know if you could really pull it off now. Maybe if you had a strong enough actress, but you know, I'm thinking of some of the actresses we grew up with in the 90s that now... Or the actresses we grew up with in the nineties. Mm. So, Meg, Meg Ryan could probably have done it in the nineties. Meg Ryan, or yeah, somebody like that. 
I love the dinner party sequence in Connecticut. Yeah. And this is only the second time I've seen this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, it's been like 15 plus years since I've seen this wow. movie. That scene is funnier now that I've seen Downton Abbey. <laughs> and this whole kind of, the Americans are just English titled people. And it's like, oh, we're so excited to see them. And I love the jokes about how did she get over here? I, aren't the, I didn't think well, they were running changing. boats. Like, I thought the boats, are the boats running again? And, oh, she came on a battleship. A battleship? Well, it was really more a cruiser. Uh, a cruiser. Then later on at the dinner table, oh, did you hear how she came? It was on a submarine. <laughs> yeah. The the sequence towards the end where they are she's telling him about all those romantic conquest. It's really naughty for 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 nineteen forty one. Yeah, a lot of the implications and the amount of time that they go in and out of each other's rooms on the boat. Yeah, that surprises me a little bit that that you would you know do, depict that in the yeah. film at the time as as the. The train is progressing, and she's telling him these stories, and they, they come on the sign that says, pull in your head, you're coming to a tunnel. And that is kind of where, that's a pivot point in, in, in the movie, which, of course, has the central one when we switch from Persona A to Persona B. But that kind of says, okay, we're going to wrap this up. Everything's, we're coming into the tunnel Things are going to close in, in pretty quick succession. And the whole sequence to the wedding, I mean, that is done very efficiently. I mean, there's the, the proposal, the awkward proposal with the horse that keeps yeah. wanting to nudge his face. And then you just really quick through the whole wedding and on to the honeymoon. And then, you know, that awkward conversation, conversations about divorce, and then back on the ship. I actually really enjoyed those conversations about the divorce and the attempts at negotiation with Mr. Pike and yeah, yeah. And he's, Mr. Got, Pike's he's got like, like a half dozen lawyers and, yeah. yeah and they're like no no don't do this he's just like yeah he's he's a very straight talking man he's like I thought that that was a very generous offer in fact I thought you were kind of a fool for, for even making it well and Harrington sees that as the opportunity to legitimately get their money from the Pikes and yeah mm-hmm. yeah the uh, a line from earlier in the film yeah, Stanwick says you know you're don't you know it's dangerous to trust people you don't know very well? Yeah. And Stanwyck is doing really the Stanwyck shtick that she did in, in so many movies and she did so well, which is she is the kind of the smart, brassy, worldly-wise dame who falls head over heels with a straight arrow who's kind of naive. And she kept going back to that well yeah. all through the 1940s. And actually, it's starting in the 1930s with some of her early Capra stuff. But it just, it worked. And that, that saw her through close to two decades of her acting career, just playing that type. How, how many Stanwyck films do you think you've seen? Oh, uh, I, I have to count. But I have well, 20 at least, I would yeah. say. She had, a, she had a pretty long career. She was acting into the 1980s. She died 1991 well, if I from one of our previous episodes, I believe I mentioned that she acted for like 59 years. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, long career. I haven't looked at the trivia yet. Oh, I guess it was hibernation season during the shoot, so Emma the snake was always sleeping while also shedding her skin, which is, I guess, part of why she wasn't on screen as much. I guess Uh they said she was uncooperative, but it was hibernation season, so. Oh, this movie was remade. 
Was it really? Yeah, it was remade in 1956 as a film called The Birds and the Bees, starring George Goebel, Mitzi Gaynor, and David Niven. Uh, Mitzi Gaynor is still with us. She is 90 years old. Hmm. When Muggsy places a brush over his face and imitates Adolf Hitler, he's actually speaking Swedish. Oh. Uh, directly translated, he is saying, Naughty boy, I'm going to punch you in the face. The title, The uh, Lady Eve, and the repeated hoodwinking and lovesickness by the Henry Fonda character, the theme is the fall of man. Roger Ebert said that the uh, simultaneously sexiest and funniest scene in cinema is in this film, and that's when they're cuddled up in her her room. And I love her line, don't let me go, where she's completely the one that's holding him. Yeah. (laughs) Preston Sturgis apparently always handled his stars with kid gloves, and this is coming from the trivia section of IMDb. Mm but took out his frustrations on the members of his stock company. At one point during filming, when he couldn't get Henry Fonda and Barbara Stanwyck to read a scene the way he wanted, he stalked over to William Damarest, who wasn't even in the scene and barked, and don't talk so damn fast. The Hayes office initially rejected the script because of the definite suggestion of a sex affair between your two leads that lacked compensating moral values, and a revised script was submitted and approved. Hmm. Preston Sturgis wrote the script in Reno, Nevada, while waiting <laughs> awaiting his third divorce. <laughs> <laughs> that is the ultimate origin story for a romantic comedy. Yeah. The scene in which Eve agrees to divorce Charles only if he tells her face-to-face that he wants the divorce was taken from Preston Sturgis's own life. He had made the same demand of his second wife, Eleanor Hutton, whose wealthy family thought he had only married her for her money. Hmm. Despite the story credit to Mockton Hoff, a legend persists to the effect that Preston Sturgis got the idea for this film when he ran into one of his ex-wives and didn't recognize her. Ray Milland and Paulette Goddard were initially proposed by Paramount before Henry Fonda and Barbara Stanwyck were cast. Oh, and the check that Charles Pike writes to Colonel Harrington, did you notice the date on it? No. It was dated August 29th, which is Preston Sturgis' birthday. Oh. This film is included on Roger Ebert's Great Movies list. Hmm. Favorite film of Laura Dern. Oh, really? Yeah. Included among the 100 or 1,001 movies you must see before you die. Yeah. I think that's about all that's worth putting there. It's just, it's a, it's a really fun movie. Uh, it, as, as I was watching this and thinking about it, again, it's been many years since I've seen it, and thinking about how am I going to rate this, Part of me is like, well, they can't all be four stars. Why not? But this one is. Yeah, I would give it four stars. I'd probably give it nine out of ten. I think I would go three and eight. Mm-hmm. Maybe three and a half. You could convince me. Yeah. It's just so, you know, he had this, as mentioned before, this period where he was just bullseyeing everything he did. Yeah. And this is definitely part of that string. It's like, it's, it's, it's great. I kind of wonder that it hasn't been remade more than once. Well, it depends on how well this, the first remake went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This wasn't nominated for a single Oscar okay. for Best Writing Original Story. Of course. Or what we now know as Original Screenplay. So this is a fun film. We're, I mean, fun is a simple way to describe these, but we're really enjoying these. Pre- the first two Preston Sturgis selections. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And they're nice and short, too, which I, th- I think helps. I mean, they, they pack a lot of story into uh, an hour and 34 minutes. Yeah. You know, a lot happens in the course of this film, and it doesn't feel long at all. It's very briskly paced. Fun. You got much else on this one? Do you know how this fared in the box office? I couldn't find accurate numbers. I couldn't numbers. find because the yeah, I couldn't really find details. I did that. read that after his first two films, the studio gave Sturgis a pay raise mm. because of the amount of money they raised. But I didn't see accurate figures on this one. So, well, from us and the good folks at New Post War Old Dutch Cleanser, I'm Rob and I'm Nate, and this was Rob and Nate record a podcast. This program brought to you by the new post-war Old Dutch cleanser to give you a faster, easier cleaning than any other cleanser you've ever used. And it's safe. That's faster, easier cleaning from the new post-war blend of Old Dutch cleanser. (laughs) We got a sponsor now. (laughs) Okay. Of course, it's from 80 years ago, but it's our sponsor. There you go. Yeah. Have you been, like how long have you had that idea? No, I was. Uh, you know, I like to listen to things while I go to sleep. Yeah, and I occasionally listen to old radio shows, and I can't remember what the show was, but it just it. I loved how long the name was. I'm surprised you didn't pull out. You're not fully dressed without a smile. Yeah. <laughs> the new post-war old Dutch cleanser. It's not that old pre-war Dutch cleanser. It's post post-war. Yeah. Okay, you ready? Ready. You gonna maintain that for the next couple of I don't of weeks? know, maybe maybe we'll get new You're sponsors. You gonna find some new ones? New old sponsors. We'll be sponsored by uh Woolworths. Yeah. Or maybe you should do a beer one, you know, and you can work in Hopsy. The Hopsy, yeah. Yeah. Or that would have been the perfect one for today. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're going to have to do a little homework ahead for the next week. Mm-hmm. You going to tell me what we're watching next, or we wait until the day of? I think we'll wait. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs>